Well, hey everyone, welcome to episode 351 of F-Stop, Collaborate and Listen with your host, Matt Payne. This week's episode is brought to you by Nature Photographers Network. NPN is still my go-to online resource for inspiration and critique of nature photographs. For just $49 per year, you can leverage the collective expertise that is available in the awesome critique forums on NPN, which is like nothing else on the internet. Instead of trusting your mom's and your grandma's opinion of your work, get honest feedback on how to improve your photographs. Just go to npn.link forward slash fstop to join and use the code fstop10 for a 10% discount. That's npn.link forward slash fstop or look for the link in the show notes. This week on the podcast, I recorded in person with one of my favorite photographers, Wayne Suggs. Wayne and I had just finished teaching a workshop in White Sands, New Mexico, and wanted to share our collective thoughts on workshops from the perspective of both instructor and attendee, with the hopes of helping people get the most out of their workshop experience. I think whether or not you take workshops is relevant, there's something to be learned from this episode, so stay tuned. All right, let's get to this week's episode with Wayne Suggs. All right, I am here with the Wayne Suggs from Munch Workshops. Welcome, Wayne. Hey, thanks, Matt. Nice sitting here one-on-one. Yeah, of course. It's uh, always a pleasure. You know, we just got done doing the first part of our two-part White Sands workshop. Yeah, now, you know, honestly... We're literally right in the middle of this, so it's a great time to bring up this topic, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, we had this idea riding in the car today, and I thought it would be really fun to record a live in-person podcast, which is always a little bit interesting. I thought I'd kick us off and just kind of talk a little bit about why we're here today to have this conversation. I think, you know, you and I have done, what, this is going to be our fourth workshop together in just a matter of a couple of months. Yeah. And we've made lots and lots of observations about workshops and the process of workshops and, you know, made observations about students that come on workshops. And and really our goal here is to provide some insights into what we see working for some people and what we see maybe not working so well for other people and hopefully give people a better understanding of what happens behind the scenes of workshops. But also... I think, you know, give people the opportunity to learn about different ways to approach the educational process in general as a student. Yeah, just, I mean, getting the most out of your workshop, that's so important. And I think, you know, going into it, you know, really, it's it's so important to think about what you want to get out of it. And then when you leave there, getting the most out of it so you feel fulfilled. And it was a, you know, a, a good a good use of your time and money. How will this discussion help people who maybe will never take a workshop, but they're tuning into this podcast? You know, yeah. someone who literally will never take a workshop. Yeah. Obviously, there's lots and lots of people who are photographers who won't take a workshop for one reason or another. In fact, it's funny, tonight at dinner, we were joking that early on in this podcast, I made lots of comments about how I would never, ever take a workshop because I'm self-taught and I'm proud. And that's fine. That's If that's who you are, that's totally fine. But I think this conversation is going to help people think a little bit about their own photography and how, the, they, how they can get value out of 
other educational resources that might exist, whether that be um, tutorial videos, YouTube videos, really questioning things about your own photography. I think if you're not going to take a workshop, you're still going to get something out of this conversation. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, a lot of times if just planning a trip, it's almost the same as going on a workshop, but you're not being instructed. And you go to that first location and you're thinking about how you can get the most out of it. Uh, a lot of times you're nervous because you don't know what to expect and you you don't really get the most out of your trip until the end of the trip, you know, when you really start getting into that that flow, that flow state that you may get into. But, um, and so you really don't want to waste those first few days of your, of your trip really. And so hopefully you'll get something out of this. Perfect. All right. Well, obviously there's kind of an order of things in terms of when someone is thinking about signing up for a workshop, picking the right workshop, deciding, you know, which workshops might be best for them. There's going to be lots of things to consider here. So, uh, what questions should someone be asking themselves before signing up for a workshop? Yeah, I think, you know, honestly, what do you want to get out of the workshop? Um, whether that be the location you want to go to, the instructor, uh, do you like the instructor's uh, photography? Um, you know, it's is there going to be post-processing involved? Do you need post-processing? Do you already have the skills to process any type of image, but you may want to go there just because of the location. There's so many questions to ask, really. Yeah, I think one of the questions I would ask is, you know, where am I at with my photography right now? Where do I want to take my photography in the future? And will going on this workshop help me accomplish those goals? Yep. And only you can decide that, but I think... Until you ask yourself that question, you're not going to be fully equipped to ask the right questions. Right. You know, and another thing going on the workshop, what is it going to include? What are you paying for? I think that's really important. Um, is it all inclusive? Everything paid for? Or are you going to show up? You're going to drive yourself to the locations? Are you paying for your own hotels, your meals? So you need to add all that to, you know, to the value as well. For sure. For sure. Um, it's, it's funny that you talked about location because I think for a lot of people that they are first considering the location, right? Like, oh, I've always wanted to go to Indonesia or I've always wanted to go to Vietnam or I've always wanted to go to White Sands, New Mexico, which is where we're at right now. Um, and in some ways, I think for at least in my opinion, that might be not the most important question to ask. I think for me, the question really that's important is how will this workshop improve my photography goals? Whether your goal is to capture a certain type of photograph, whether your goal is to learn certain post-processing techniques, whether your goal is to try to improve your own ability to scout and find locations that are unique and interesting. Uh, maybe, maybe you have goals for your photography that are based on uh, philosophical approaches to capturing images. You know, that's where it becomes important to think about who are these instructors? Am I going to get any of those things out of this workshop or not? Right. Right. And I think, you know, you can take a workshop from someone and it could be in the most beautiful place in the absolute world and you don't get anything out of it. Or you could take a workshop from someone in a parking lot and you get the most amazing experience because of the way they taught and the, and the approach 
going into the workshop. So I think, you know, do your homework and really, really, you know, make sure it's a good fit for you. I love that. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more later about what types of homework that entails. But for now, let's, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, why should someone even consider a workshop to begin with? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, a lot of it has to do with, I just want to push my photography to the next level. And if this is this workshop that I'm thinking about going on, is it going to do that? Uh, I think that's really important uh, to get something, some benefit out of that workshop. And it's, you know, you, you, can, you can go there on your own to a location and you can continue shooting the way you're, you're shooting. But if you find the right instructor and you go to the location you want to go to, I think that's when you're going to get the most out of it because you're going to learn new techniques and new processes that you're going to be able to add to your repertoire of your photography. Yeah, along those same lines, one of the things that I've um, come to start to notice as a as the new guy here in Munich is uh, a lot of people come to a workshop, um, but they don't necessarily take advantage of the expertise or the perspective that as a certain uh, photographer that's teaching the workshop might be able to offer them, and. I think sometimes that's like you don't know if you don't know and that's where that homework assignment piece comes into play in terms of you know looking at that person's work maybe even taking the time to call that person and say hey tell me about your process in the field like what is your goal as a photographer you know what types of images are you most drawn to capturing you know what's your what how do you approach field craft how do you approach processing and then if those all resonate with you, then you're going to be more equipped to have a better idea of, okay, if that's this person's approach, I'm going to pay much more close attention to how they do those things in the field. I'm going to have a much longer list of types of questions to ask that person. I'm just going to be more prepared to get the most out of the experience. Right. Yeah. And, and it's really important to know, I mean, it, how much time are you going to be spending processing, you know, um, on your downtime? I mean, I think that's really important. In my opinion, you know, processing for me, my, I think it's really important. It's half of half of the workflow. And you can take all the photographs you want. But if processing is not included, I think that's important. And, and you may not need the processing like we talked about. But also, is the photographer there just to get their own, or the instructor there just to get their own images, and the workshop is paying for them to be there to get their own images? I think, you know, we've all heard horror stories about that happening, and I think it's really important to find out before you go into the workshop, is that going to be the case, or is the instructor there to actually help you um, to create images and so you can get the most out of the workshop? Now that... That brings up a completely interesting conversation and topic that I did want to talk about today because I've heard lots and lots and lots of um, very well-established photographers who I deeply admire say over and over again with passion that they will never, ever, ever take their own photographs on a workshop because they want to dedicate all of their time and attention to their students, which I think is admirable it's the right concept it's the right idea and i think that there is a missed opportunity on the part of the workshop instructor and the student if 
a workshop instructor doesn't take some of their own photographs while on a workshop for demonstration purposes, um, to help showcase the types of images that they're drawn to. You know, we're talking about composition, talking about, um, you know, just their eye of, you know, what they're drawn to, their, the aesthetics that they're looking for in the field. That's really hard to explain to somebody without actually showing them, um, you know, good example of this is, you know, you're out in the sand dunes of white sands and you want to show someone how to really get that depth using a wide angle lens, which is not that easy to do in white sands. It's hard to say what you need to do is really capture the depth. You know, <laughs> it's a much easier to like actually get your tripod, show them how you're setting the tripod up. You know, you're getting low to the ground maybe, or maybe you're setting up at a weird angle. Maybe you're using a really exotic lens. I don't know, whatever it is, but that act of showing somebody kind of your thought process and showing them how you're capturing an image, I think there's so much to be gained from that from the perspective of the student. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I've done this for almost eight years now, and I'm still, I have problems with this because you go up to someone who's taking an image you look at the back of their camera and you're trying to describe to them what you're seeing and what you think would be better composed and literally sometimes you literally have to take their camera and you have to you know adjust their ball head to where their camera's pointed the right way you actually can zoom in focus you do everything for them set their their shutter speed, their aperture, their ISO for them, and then you tell them to press the shutter. And that, <laughs> whose photograph is that now? You know, and so we really need to think about this. And I, you know, I'm slowly learning that it's okay to put my camera on my tripod and, and show everyone, please come here and look at the back of my camera so you can understand, you know, what I'm trying to, uh, to visualize, my, my, my vision of the image and what's in front of us. And, uh, and, and it's important for them to have their own vision, but I think to get there, they also have to realize the instructor's vision as well. And so it, it is, it, it's, it's hard for me to do, but um, I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, it's funny, because at the start of this workshop, I remember telling you, Wayne, I wanna see you take more of your own pictures just so that you can show people your approach to capturing an image in terms of, you know, why did you select that subject? Right. Why is your tripod only one foot off the ground? Or why is your tripod way above your head? You know, like explain why you're setting up that way so that people can actually have a visual example. You know, I think it's pretty well known now in education that uh, the best way to learn is like to get it thrown at you in lots of different ways, not only audio, but visual, you know, tactile, you know, show and tell, have actually like doing it yourself, teaching others to do it after you're taught to do it. You know, those are all valid approaches to learning. And I think the more ways people get shown something, the the more it's going to stick. Yeah. And, and, and we'll talk a little bit about a little bit more about this but on the first night you know we're out there at white sands and and the light was going off and people aren't quite getting it they're they have this you know deer in the headlights look going on and finally i just got my tripod out set it up put my camera on it and i'm a tall guy so i made sure my tripod was low enough that everybody could come up and look at my camera and once i you know, I, I, I composed the scene. I had everybody actually come over and look at my camera. And then all of a sudden the light bulb went off and everybody walked over to the camera. And, and a lot of the scenes weren't exactly like mine, 
But now they understood what they were trying to shoot. And they understood this amazing light that we had out there. And it all came together. And that first night wasn't a waste for them. And it was, it was really, it, during image review the next day, it was, it was really cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe that's a good segue to talk a little bit about our next question, which is, what expectations should someone have going into a workshop? <laughs> yeah, so that's, I mean, I think that's really important. And in my opinion, and Matt, you've talked a lot about this. I think you shouldn't have no expectations of really what you want to capture. I think going into it with an open mind and really understand that, you know, the instructor is going to take you to a place that's going to you know, you, you've obviously, you know something about the landscape that you're going into, but free your mind to where you're going to um, capture something uh, unique and that's not going to be something you've seen from a postcard or someone else has taken on Instagram. I think that's super important just to free your mind up. So, Yeah, I think it was fun this trip. Um, before we even went out to the field, I gave a little chat to everyone about expectations and, you know, because I think everyone's so saturated with images from social media and whatnot they you know they, they hear about white sands and like oh i know exactly what photograph i'm gonna get there this is what i want to capture and of course so many of those images are condition dependent or you know nowadays we don't even know if those images are created in photoshop versus actually something someone's actually photographed in real life and i think sometimes it's you know it's important to remind people you know going out into the landscape to be uh, truly, I think, a talented photographer, a big part of it, at least in my opinion, which and people can disagree with this, but I think a big part of it is learning how to uh, respond and react to what nature gives you and then making the most of it. And a lot of that is field craft. A lot of that is your personal vision. A lot of that is observational skills while in the field. A lot of it's um, understanding, you know, as a, being like a, a little scientist, a naturalist, like understanding, you know, white sands, how is the white, how is that sand even formed? And then, wow, it piques your curiosity. And then you start looking for different things. And, you know, I think that expectation thing is a real killer. And I, I wanted to get that right out in the open with our students so that, you know, they didn't go out there knowing or expecting that they were going to get a very specific image, because I think you can get tunnel vision. Yep. So another another thing we need to add, Matt, I think is the physical the physical capabilities of yourself, you know, on the workshop. Are, you know, is it an easy workshop? Is it moderately hard? Is it extreme? Are you going to be camping? All those things need to be thought out. You know, a, a lot of these places that are absolutely beautiful are really hard to get to and involve a lot of hiking and strenuous activity with the pack on and they're on uneven surfaces, um, are you capable of doing that? And I think to be fair to yourself and also others that are gonna be taking that workshop, it's super important to pick that workshop that you're capable of doing. Um, and, and you think about this, you think, uh, I'm gonna get in shape, I think I can do it, and then you show up and you know you had good intentions, but you didn't quite get there. Now, everyone else in that workshop is having to wait for you. They've paid a lot of money to be on this workshop, and they need to get to that location, and the instructors want to get there. But, you know, 
you're the weakest link and unfortunately you're holding everybody up so i think it's super important and not to be you know um you know talk bad about people with that don't have the physical capabilities of it but i think it's super important to pick that workshop that you're capable of doing that everyone else will be on the same you know uh level of um fitness that you are so you know and there are a lot of workshops out there that you can take that doesn't take that physical capabilities but you know be honest with yourself and to be honest with with the workshop as well yeah and it's um I'm reminded of uh, the good old Donald Rumsfeld during the Iraq War, right? Like, well, we don't know. We don't know. And I think part of the challenge with that particular issue is that um, as people who are, you know, if we're full-time photographers, landscape photographers, you know, what might be easy for us is incredibly difficult for someone who doesn't spend a lot of time in the outdoors. And I think sometimes we take that a little bit for granted and we can do a better job of, um, setting that expectation up front with folks in terms of being more descriptive about what's involved in the workshop. I think a lot of times, you know, speaking back to what can someone who doesn't take workshops get out of this conversation, I think it's a good question to ask yourself whenever you go into the landscape. You know, am I going to encounter something that's beyond my physical capabilities? How will I even know that? How do I evaluate that? What are the best questions to ask someone else who has been there before? And I think someone like you and me who have been, we're physically fit and we're capable, we don't even think about that stuff. We take it for granted. So if, if you were someone who might have question marks about that, what, what would your approach be to trying to figure out whether or not a workshop is the right fit for them or, or if a specific landscape is the right uh, fit for them in terms of going out on their own. Yeah, I think it's super important to not only see the description, make sure you thoroughly read the description <laughs> in in on the website, but also make a phone call. You know, uh, it is so important to make that phone call and explain exactly. Don't sugarcoat it. You know, tell you know who the person you're calling that's in charge of the workshop. Tell them your physical capabilities and do they really think that you, you'll be able to do this? And if you're not, they can probably set you on a path that will lead you to a workshop that will be better, better fitted for you. One more thing, just wanted to add one thing. You know, another workshop to consider when you're thinking about a workshop, is there camping involved? And for me, camping is really amazing and there's pros and cons to both you know camping or staying in a hotel but the camping gets you in the middle of the beauty and yeah i just you know i i love workshops where there's camping involved and you know with with our camping the way our type of camping it's more of a glamping honestly uh where everybody cooks for you um you have a really nice tents with cots and the sleeping bags are provided uh there everything's taken care of and then there's some camping involved in some workshops where you're doing the cooking, uh, you provide your own tent, you have your own sleeping bag, that kind of thing. And that's, if you're into that, that's amazing. Uh, but you know, it's just what works best for you and what fits best for you. Because a lot of people can't camp. Um, they're not going to go to a little outhouse with a little tent surrounded and, and, and poop out in the woods. You know, it's just not going to happen. And, uh, you know, they need the, the hotel toilet and, um, you know, and they don't do well sleeping outside. Uh, they don't camp well. And it's important to get sleep on a workshop. But if you love camping and you want to be out in the middle of it, I think the camping is a great way to, uh, 
you know, to be on a workshop because again, you're not driving in a vehicle, you're immersed in, in the beauty of the landscape. So love that. All right. Moving on to another question. If you were somebody that was on a workshop, what was what would be some of the things that you would do to get the most out of the experience? Man, so first of all, before the workshop happened, I've already chosen the workshop. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm set. I'm ready to go. And now I'm going to prepare myself, not only physically, but I'm going to prepare myself to make sure my equipment's good. I have the lenses that, that that's going to be required for the workshop. I'm going to have a backup camera and I'm going to shoot. I'm even if I can't get out, I live in the city and I have a backyard to shoot in, I'm gonna familiarize myself with the camera. Uh, I do a lot of night photography workshops, and what I recommend a lot of times, and this may sound funny, but I recommend people put their camera on their tripods, go in a closet, and practice working with your camera in the dark. Because you think about it, when you're out there in the dark and you're taking images and you have all these people that are out there, you can't turn on a headlamp to know how to adjust your shutter speed. You can't turn on a headlamp to know how to plug in your remote shutter. You know, there's so many things that you need to know how to do in the dark. And once it becomes intuitive and your camera becomes second nature to you, now you're creating art. And I think that's so important to, to really know your camera. I mean, if you're sitting there watching TV on the couch, have your camera in your hand. You know, really, really familiarize yourself with the camera because what we find is a lot of people will take a workshop and then eight months later they're on another workshop, but they haven't touched their camera since that time. And, you know, they're, they're honestly doing a disservice to themselves by not doing that because they're gonna get so much more out of their workshop if they understand their camera and it just becomes intuitive. I agree with all that. And what I would add is um, first, I think know thyself, understand what your strengths and weaknesses are and try to leverage improving on your strengths and maybe you know finding ways to overcome some of your weaknesses. For example, if you struggle with composition, um, maybe you should consider constantly bugging your instructor to look at your composition. You know, get feedback. Get feedback, get it often, get it uh, regularly, you know, be persistent. I think one thing I've seen a lot with students is that um, they some people and you know, there's nothing wrong with this but i sometimes wonder if they're really getting the the full experience they kind of go off they do their own thing they're away from the group they're away from the instructor instructor comes by to check in on them to see how things are going they say i'm fine and then you know it comes to image review and they're like yeah i didn't really know what to photograph so i just did this and you're like man like i wish you would have said something because i have so many ideas on how you could have change that or done something different but and you know as instructors sometimes we don't know the right questions to ask you so I think people should you know get out of your comfort zone you know some of y'all are introverts that's okay but be a little bit extroverted be persistent be a little bit annoying I think being a little bit annoying is okay you know like ask for help you know get 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 your money's worth out of this experience you know there is no stupid question and I think a lot of times you know, once you're on the workshop, 
and you get there and, and you're afraid you're afraid to appear like you don't know what you're doing. You're around all these other photographers that seem like they're better than you. Maybe their gear may be a little better than yours, you know, but everybody's in the same boat. And maybe people are on a little different level, but that doesn't matter. You know, people understand. And again, there is no such thing as a stupid question. And I, I think once you realize that, that you're not going to get laughed at and you can ask the question and it will be answered. The more questions you ask, the more you're going to get out of the workshop. And I think that's super important to go into something and ask yourself, what do I want to get out of the workshop? And then once you're there, to try to get that out of the workshop. And then the end goal is now you've succeeded in getting out of what you wanted in the workshop. I think that's super important, you know, to go in there with those three things in mind. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think asking that question of you know what do i really want to get out of this is important it's something we ask everyone at the start of our workshops you know what you know what's why did you sign up for this workshop what are you what are you hoping to get out of it and you know sometimes people haven't really thought about it and they'll say something like oh i just want to get a photograph of this subject and it's like well you're gonna get plenty of that but what else and i think you know, just taking an extra 15, 20 minutes and really thinking about what you want out of an experience, I think that's going to help your instructor tailor that experience to meet that need as best as they possibly can, if they're a good instructor. Yep, exactly. All right. Uh, what kind of questions should folks be asking their instructors to get the most bang for the buck? Yep, so... Here's, here's a question that we get asked all the time. What lens should I bring? And <laughs> I think, you know, th th what we're going to say is all of them. Because honestly, so many times we may say, oh, th on this, this particular location, all you need is a wide angle. And that's not ever the case. There's so much to photograph. And it may, the wide angle may work for part of for some of the people and, and part of what's going on in the landscape. But there's so many times you may need that long lens to capture a little vignette out of a scene, um, to get an intimate landscape. There's so much to photograph and, and why not be prepared with everything? And I think, you know, asking what lens to bring, um, you know, bring what you got. And, and if you can, if you're capable of carrying it all, you know, I, that's honestly, I think that's the answer. I think, you know, right now we're talking about what kind of questions people should ask during the workshop, which mm -hmm. I think is important. We'll also ask, you know, what should people asking about before the workshop starts? We'll get to that later. But going along those lines of what people should ask during the workshop, I've always found it interesting that people get really fixated on asking about settings. Like, what settings are you using right now? You know, and it's, you know, the the answer that I almost always want to say is, well, for you, that's going to depend on what your intent is with the photograph. And I know people just want a magical answer so that they can take the photo and feel good about the image. But I think a good instructor just feeding somebody the settings ad nauseum is doing the student a disservice for their for them to be able to improve as a photographer. For example, if you're photographing a scene with a wide angle lens and you say, 
you should be photographing this scene at f14 and your shutter speed should be 125th of a second maybe if your goal is to have a um you know everything in focus and you don't want a shallow depth of field and you know maybe you don't want to have the effect of the blowing sand to have an impact i mean there's lots of considerations of what settings to choose based on what your goal is with a specific image and there's my point is there's never really a right answer to what setting should i use and i think when people ask me that question I'm oftentimes asking them a question in return, which I think might frustrate people. But I, my goal with that is to make them a better photographer. Right. And having that instructor that is capable of saying, are you trying to isolate your subject? Are you are you trying to give movement in, in your photograph? There's so many things to make your image artistic. And, and, and I, I think having that instructor recognize that and be able to ask those questions of the person taking the photograph. Perfect. Well, let's let's talk about the before the workshop. Maybe you haven't even hit the hit the book me now button or whatever it is on the website, <laughs> right? Uh, maybe you're 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 wondering, is this the right workshop for me? And and I'll answer um, I'll answer the first question to get us started, but or give the first answer I should say. But what kind of questions should we people be asking before the workshop um, to get the most out of it? And I think a good question to start off with is um, what experience level is this workshop aimed at? You know, is this for beginners? Is this for people with advanced knowledge? Um, I think I think that can have an impact. I think it can for sure. And it, it, you know, a lot of times, you know, we get workshops where we'll get a beginner all the way to someone who is, you know, a almost a professional. I mean, they could be if they wanted to, right? I mean, they're so good. And as an instructor, honestly, we have to be able to teach to both, you know, and everything in between. For sure. It's just, and you should be able to do that. And so that everybody gets um, out of it what they wanted, you know? And so, and you're right that if somebody's picking a workshop, there again, um, I don't know. You know, it, it, that's a tough one because you you look at a photograph from the instructor and you you look at that image and you're going, "Wow, that's beautiful. I want to cr- be able to create that." If you're a beginning photographer, you may not be able to get get there, but you'll you'll have a start in the process. And I think, you know, if you're on a week-long you're on a week-long workshop, you're probably, you know, you're going to get a lot out of it. Um, and it's going to it's just going to be on that first that that first chapter of your photography journey, I guess, mm-hmm. and you need to look at it like that. What about uh, is this a tour or is this a workshop? And why would why would someone even know to ask that question? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, a tour, basically, what they're doing is they're taking you to locations, they're dropping you off, and you're basically getting your own photographs. You're not really your instructor is not there to teach you photography. You're 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 your uh, your tour leader is there to get you to the locations to where you can you know you can capture images and there's nothing wrong with that there's if, if that's what you want to get out of it absolutely nothing wrong at all but if you want somebody to teach you you need to take a workshop 
I think another one that we've already covered is, you know, what what kind of physical activities are to be expected from this workshop. And, you know, I'm trying to think if I was someone who had challenges perhaps with my depth perception or maybe maybe I have a real difficult time walking um, on any type of surface surface that's not a sidewalk, I would probably want to ask what type of walking is involved? How far do we walk? Am I going to be carrying my backpack the whole time? And then really think about like, is that something I can actually do or not? Right. And I mean, walking two miles on a sidewalk every day on, on a solid surface is so different than walking two miles up and down a mountain with rocks that are loose, with uneven surfaces, deep sand, you know, there there's challenges. And then you're carrying a backpack with a tripod. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you covered this, but I think another good question to ask just based on where you're at in your photography is, will there be post-processing instruction and, and what types of things will you be covering? Yep, and <clears throat> that's a great question because, you know, a lot of a lot of images people may want to get focus stacking instruction. Well, the focus stacking, that means you have to get out of Lightroom. That means you're going to have to go into either Photoshop or another program like Helicon Focus, um, you know, or you're doing night photography. So now with the night photography, that's adding a whole nother level of post-processing, depending on how much you want to do. You know, for, for our workshops, what we're doing is we're getting into Photoshop and we're doing all these layers and masks. And that's great for the person that really wants to learn that but you may not ever want to get out of Lightroom. So, you know, is it just Lightroom instruction or is there also Photoshop instruction involved as well? So I think all those questions need to be asked. Yep. And another question I think probably that's important, at least for some people, is what actually is included with the price? You know, is, is lodging is included, included uh, transportation, are meals included? What about one-on-one -on -one instruction after the workshop? Is that part of what I get out of this? I've heard, you know, it's interesting. You and I did a workshop this summer to a location, and we made the realization that another photographer was doing a very similar workshop in that location over the same time period. And then they were charging like $2,000 less. And then we realized that they don't provide lodging, they don't provide any of the transportation. You have to provide all your own transportation. They don't provide any of the food. And it was, um, instead of it being a six-day workshop, it was a three-day three workshop. Right. So it was like, okay, that makes more sense. Sure. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah so you get what you pay for. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's one of the things I love about what we do is, you know, we, we don't pull out any stops. You know, it's we're going to get nice lodging. We're going to have great food. You know, we're going to go out to nice dinners. We're going to have awesome meals. You know, we're going to drive some really great rental cars. We're going to get everyone to where they need to go. They don't need to worry about their own cars. I think, you know, it's funny. When we were having dinner tonight, we had this amazing waiter, right? <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, man, I, don't, I never want to be in the service industry. And then I made the realization, I am in the service industry. Like, my job as a workshop instructor for Munch is to make this experience as incredible as possible for people. You're absolutely right. But we're so lucky in that basically our only job 
is to get people to locations so they can immerse themselves into this photography. And it's something that you and I are so passionate about. And we also love teaching. So we're, you know, we're super fortunate to be able to do what we do, honestly. No, I don't disagree. Another question people might ask is uh, of their instructors, perhaps, before they go, or maybe after they pull the trigger. You know, it depends on how much importance you play place in this. But, you know, what types of photographs are you drawn to? You know, what, you know, you're very drawn to grand landscapes and night photography. If that's someone something someone wants to improve on, obviously you're the perfect choice for that, right? But if someone's looking for instruction on finding smaller scenes or intimate scenes, I don't know. Maybe Wayne Suggs isn't isn't the best selection for that, which I think what? Which I think <laughs> is probably why we make such a great combination. Because, Absolutely. You know, we have we're drawn to very different scenes, um, and we can offer that experience to a wider variety of people. Now, that's a great point, Matt. Because honestly, when you when you pair up with another pro, I think it's super important that. You know, everybody has strengths and weaknesses, but my weaknesses, you're strong at. And right. so, you know, and so that's super important to pair people up like that to where the whole thing becomes strong and we can work off of each other, I think, you know, and, and, and work really well together. I think another obvious question is what's your teaching style, right? Mm-hmm. You know, for some people, and I'm just going to, put a caveat to this i think there's been research that shows that there's not really a difference in people's learning styles based on auditory versus visual um versus tactile probably people will be disagreeing with me that with me by saying that unless i actually show them the articles that i've read about that however i do think it's important to have an understanding of hey wayne like what's your approach to teaching like are you hands-on do you just lecture the whole time? You know, like, do you have videos? Like, I think, you know, if you have a preference and you know what your preference is, mm-hmm. then maybe you should make sure that that preference will be met. Right. And I and I agree. And all the above, you know, for me, it's, it's like you have to lecture a bit. You have to show hands on a bit. You have to send out videos so they can remember it. And... It's it's all of that, right? It's it's you you want to give the whole package, and my honestly, my big issue is trying to give too much, and I'm trying to. <laughs> it's true, you know, and and and, and I I want to. Here's my thing. I'm very old school, and I I think if you pay me for something, you deserve to be given that, and and I'm I'm never going to give away what I've learned on social media for free just to show people how much I know. But if you pay me for it, then absolutely you should, you should be able to, uh, you know, dig into my brain a bit. So I think that's important. Yeah. And I think another thing that's worth considering is whether or not you think you'll have a connection with the photographer that's teaching the workshop. And I think, you know, that's, that's not going to be readily apparent probably on the workshop's description. Um, I think for better or worse, in my perspective, particular example if you listen to my podcast you probably get a good feeling for what i'm going to be like on a workshop right which for some people they're like oh i don't want to ever be with that guy <laughs> and for some people they might be like oh he sounds like he'd be fun to hang out with but if you can't get that sense from the workshop description or what else i think like you said earlier maybe just make a phone call I've, i'm yep. always happy to talk to people who are interested you know what is it going to be like what's your you know 
just have a conversation. I'm I'm always happy to have those conversations. I'm sure you are too. I'm sure pretty much every other Munch Pro is also happy to have those chats as well. Yeah. This is not, I don't want this to sound like a commercial though, so. Right, I know, that's hard. Because <laughs> it's not. It's not, because there's some unbelievably good workshop leaders out there. We all know that. Yeah, not just with us. Right. Yeah. Um, what are some uh, benefits to attending a workshop that might not be obvious or that might be unexpected? Hmm. You run with that one first well one of the things i've seen that's really neat is that people make these authentic human connections uh with other people that are on the workshop and oftentimes i find that those connections transcend um, politics they transcend you know religious beliefs you know people just really latch on to the fact that we're there with a similar passion for photography and nature and whatever and they start to have a great time with each other. And then I think it's become so much more important and evident after COVID that we're all really, really uh, desiring that human connection. And I think workshops have the potential um, for the open-minded and willing individual to really get a lot of that out of a workshop experience. Yeah, and I agree. We've seen it so many times where... People will come on a workshop and they meet they meet this person and they make that connection and now they have a friend for life and they continue to go on workshops together over and over. They actually choose workshops together that they can go on so they can be with that person and it just solidifies the friendship. Over and over again, we've seen this and uh, numerous times and I think that's beautiful, you know, um, that they share that together and and. You know, that's, that's the one thing about workshops really is, you know, we try to keep it light to where people can have fun and not only fun, but they're immersed in this passion that we have and they get so much out of it. We're not, we have a rule. We don't talk politics. We don't talk religion and we talk photography and we talk about the landscape and to talk about the landscape. We also, and, and we're big proponents of this, talking about the landscape and how to take care of the landscape as a workshop. Because so many times workshops can go into a location and really, you know, do a lot of damage to that workshop. And so for you and I, Matt, you know, it's so important for us to go into a location and leave it better than we found it, to pick up the trash, to make sure we're not stepping on things we shouldn't. Um, we were just at a petroglyph site. Um, in fact, it was last night. And, you know, we're, we're telling people you cannot have spikes on your tripods. We, you cannot, if you're using walking sticks, make sure you do not touch the rocks. You don't want to scratch them. Don't touch the petroglyphs, you know, um, stay off of them. Don't step on them, you know, respect them. I mean, and, and everybody did. Everybody had this, you know, newfound uh, love for what they were seeing and, and, and just, you know, came away with, you know, an admiration for, for the beauty of them, really. Uh, so that was that was fun. I totally agree. Another unexpected benefit that I've noticed in the short time I've been doing this is that oftentimes, in fact, I think it's been every single time I've taught a workshop, there's been multiple times where people who are on the workshop have knowledge or perspective 
or um, they've read about something or they have a particular interest in a type of technique and they know more about something than I do as an instructor. <laughs> and I think, you know, leveraging the knowledge in the room to its fullest potential is an incredible experience when everyone can learn from each other, not just from the workshop leader. Not and not, it's not just photography. It could be, it could be about you know some completely unrelated topic. But I think it's an incredible opportunity to um, get to know people and make those relationships and those connections, and then learn as much as you can about all things in life from those people. That's fascinating because I can count so many times on workshops where people have given me ideas, you know, and, and, and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, light bulb goes off. They've taught me a lot, right? And I remember on the Bistai workshop you were, I were on, we're driving in the vehicle and this person sitting right behind me, we start chatting and we're throwing ideas back and forth off of each other on a post-processing technique. And by the time we got back to the hotel, we both run into our computers and try this <laughs> and we're giving each other high fives because, oh my gosh, we just came into this discovery, you know, and it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. And that's what I mean about immersing yourself into this. You know, it really is. It's so fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, why workshops and not just buy the latest and greatest camera or biggest lens that's on the market man i think learning you know is so important to you know you can you can have an okay camera you can buy a secondhand camera that is fine with a secondhand lens and a and an okay tripod and get you know better photographs by learning and you know paying money for learning and a learning experience than someone that goes out and buys all new equipment and has no idea how to use it. I mean, it's so important that the learning thing, you know, you can give, I'm not gonna mention any names here, but you know, somebody that we, you and I admire, Matt, you know, that we, we love their photography, we can give them a Canon Rebel and they're gonna come away with this amazing image over somebody who has the latest, greatest gear you know, that it's, and they have no idea what to do with it, right? We all know that. And it's so important to, you know, to learn and read and, you know, and the problem is you can get on YouTube and you don't know if you're a new photographer, what's right or wrong. Everybody, everybody becomes an expert on YouTube, but to do the research on a workshop and take a workshop from someone who really knows what they're doing, you're going to learn so much and you're going to continue to want to learn from that person. Yeah, I agree. I mean, photographers are the ones that take photographs, not cameras. You know, the camera is just a tool. Obviously, there's certain instances where the, the camera can help you capture a specific image uh, a little bit easier or maybe a little bit more effectively. But at the end of the day, it's the photographer that has the creative vision. It's the photographer that has the experience, the wisdom, you know, the field expertise, the time spent. You know, they've made lots and lots of mistakes. The camera is not the one making the mistakes, it's the person. So I think a workshop offers a great opportunity to make lots of lots of mistakes, learn from those mistakes, and then you grow as a person and as a photographer. 
Um, you know, the other thing I was going to say about this particular thing is that workshops are also um, an immersive experience, ideally. It's, it's not just about the images. You're, you know, there's a saying, you know, uh, experiences, not things, right? And I think a, a really well-run workshop, ideally, should be an experience, a positive experience, a memorable experience, um, that also was with some photography sprinkled in, right? So I think it's, for me, it's a m much more Im important investment than, you know, the next lens. If, if, if you're on the fence of what to spend your money on to make your photography better, I think education and experiences is what's going to get your photography better than buying another lens. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that was the end of our questions. All right. You have anything? Any other words of wisdom? Yeah, I mean, I you know, <laughs> picking picking the right workshop, and 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 how how you how how you you look at your photography. Um, you know, you may want to take a workshop from someone who's very serious, and they're they just that's all they want to do is is teach you the photography. But you know, for myself, I like to keep it pretty light and have fun as well but even though it's in involving photography you know matt like you and i were talking uh this evening about a workshop that i did a few years ago with another instructor and that instructor knows everything there is about lightroom incredible instructor and i'm a photoshop guy and it was interesting but we had this light-hearted banter going on back and forth with with our with our uh, students on you know which one was better and and we decided it was towards the end of the workshop that we're going to take a photograph one photograph that one of our students took and he's going to process it in lightroom and i'm going to process it in photoshop and it was so much fun to do that and it was lighthearted, and we're doing this in front of the in front of the class. And our students got to see this go on, and they saw what you can do with an image in Lightroom, how far you can take it if you're really good in Lightroom, and how far you can take it in Photoshop. And it was so much fun to do, and they got a lot out of it, you know. So it's um, you know keeping it light versus you know you're gonna you know you're you're gonna. I don't know, be very rigid kind of an instructor. It depends on what you want to get out of it, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you and I have a lot of fun. and We do. I think about 80% of people really appreciate that, and the other 20% <laughs> kind of roll their eyes, but they go along with it. Sure. and they, <laughs> Yeah, and they're, oh, brother, here we go again kind of thing, you know, but that's okay. They're still getting a lot out of it, I hope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I did have a, a fun topic that I thought we could record a bonus episode on, maybe having a quick conversation when we're done, um, by maybe talking about what are the actual realities of being a full-time workshop instructor and whether or not it's all puppy dogs and ice cream or not, but we'll save that for Patreon. So, so Wayne... It's all ice cream. It's all ice cream. <laughs> we do love ice cream on our workshops, do we not? We've won we like have three on times this one. now in the last oh week. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's the real, like, how much weight do you gain as a workshop instructor? Exactly. <laughs> well, Wayne, this has been super fun. Um, if people want to learn more about your work, uh, waynesuggsphotography.com. Um, I think I've told you this before, but you're one of my favorite photographers. I love your book that you can no longer buy because it's so amazing. And <laughs> I think your photography is just incredibly inspiring. So thank you. Same here, Matt. I And man, I... Honestly, you're one of the funnest 
people and a great photographer. And I've so enjoyed getting to know you better on these workshops. And I think we do an amazing job together. It's been yeah, fun. That's fun. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you to Wayne for the great chat. Be sure to catch our bonus episode on Patreon and join in on the conversation about the episode at patreon.com forward slash f-stop and listen or find a link in the show notes. You can join for free to engage in those conversations. Patreon is literally how I put food on the table, so your support there is immeasurable. Cheers. Okay, that's all for now. Thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us, and listening. See you next week.